Um, I'm going to do this. I forgot to do this last time. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the camera ads 10 pounds. Hi, I'm your host, Peter Sears. You knew that. Um, we have a guest in studio today. I've been wanting to have this guy on because we have a couple things that we need to talk about. And I would like for you guys to hear these. So uh, I've worked with this guy a bunch of times, worked with him in Austin, New Orleans, here. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a comic, show producer, um, and a former business owner. We all want to talk about that a little bit, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Trevor Kevalo, guys. Um Thanks for coming, dude. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah. me, dude. So you live, you walked here. Uh, well, I drove, but I parked. Okay. Yeah, it's I'm I'm I've got a sublet, uh, like way way up in the hills. Okay. Like up. up there. You said you said off Sunset Plaza. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's That's, it's interesting. There's a and there's a very famous comic that lives up Sunset Plaza. Yeah. Been to that house before. <laughs> we won't name him on the podcast, but yeah. Um, cool, man. So okay, I just want to start off. I'm just gonna right off the bat. So you. We met because you used to own the dojo of comedy. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like, so uh, how that kind of all happened was um, there's this bar called Happy Endings. And then, <laughs> great yes. <title. laughs> and it, uh, it, it transferred over to Sycamore Tavern. Right. Same owners. They just basically gave it a, a massive facelift, um, spent a lot of money on it. And they wanted, uh, they, they brought in a, actually a different producer to, to do comedy upstairs. And I was just like, I was like a part-time, whatever employee at the time. Uh, so there's shows, there's comedy shows going on upstairs. It was a bringer show actually, to be honest. Of course. Uh, and uh, they were doing- Time out really quick. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about it on this podcast, but if you don't know what a bringer show is, they're very popular still here yeah. um, in LA. Probably other places too, but it's basically if you're a comic, which you know lots of those, especially a new comic, and you want to get on a show like a real show that's not a shitty open mic, you do what's called a bringer show, which means that you have to get you know X amount of people to buy a ticket or just come to the show in order to perform your five or seven minute set. Basically, yeah, that's right? perfect. That's yeah. I mean, that's that was my first show was a bringer show, and you know, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, so we had a we had a bringer show, and uh, and I talked to the the managers, and I was I was I wasn't a manager or anything. I was just like whatever, you know, as an employee. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, I I'm a comic and producer, and blah blah blah. And they're like, sure, just run a show. And I was like, all right, cool. So I started like running a monthly one off show as a free show, and I actually got a really good, uh, you know, group of uh, you know audience in there. I had at least 40, 50 people on there. Oh, that's great. So yeah. yeah, first show I had, uh, I had Brett Ernst on it. You know, uh -huh. who I, st I work with like to this day, actually quite a bit more. Uh, but I had a great lineup, uh, the first couple shows. Um, and then I was, I was working with, uh, the bringer guy, uh, TK and he was doing Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. And then, um, what happened was we were, he was doing shows. I was doing shows, but he was consistent because he was doing a bringer. He, you know, he'd been in LA for a long time. And then, uh, one day I just, I literally just walked into work and I was like part-time managing at that time. And I was doing stuff here and there. And, I, they had fired the the general manager, uh, of the, of the restaurant. And I was just like a part-time manager. And I sat down with the owners and they're like, listen, they're like, uh, we got rid of the GM. We're going to move you up to full-time manager, not a GM, just a full-time manager. And uh, they said, we want to get rid of what's going on upstairs. There's other events upstairs that they didn't like and they wanted to get rid of. That was not comedy. Okay. And, I, and my exact words were, I'm a comedian. I moved to LA to do comedy. And uh, the owner, CFO guy was like, just looked at me and he said, why don't you just make it a comedy room? And I said, okay, cool. He goes, that's it? I go, yeah. And he goes, it never happens Yeah, in real life. 
it, yeah, it, especially in LA. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, by the way, I started this place as a, as a part time busboy living on my friend's couch wow. eight eight nine eight years ago, something like that. So I was when it was happy endings. I was a part time busboy with a drug and alcohol problem living on my friend's couch uh, when it was happy endings. <laughs> and then you know uh, they switched over, and I and I just stuck with it. You know, yeah. I tell people I wasn't walking down the street and somebody threw a a comedy club at me. I put myself in a position yeah, yeah, yeah. to earn it. You know, it's kind of like that whole thing where like preparation plus whatever equals success, whatever you know guru talks about that what is it preparation luck and preparation that's yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of it, it kind of does make well it totally makes sense with this yeah, yeah. but um so i was like all right cool and then he, he gets up and he and he looks at me and he's like are you, uh he's like he goes uh you moved to hollywood to do comedy now you got your own room pretty cool huh and i was just like oh yeah and i mm-hmm. didn't think what it was going to turn into yeah, yeah. so i sat on it for a while i thought about it and i, and I called uh my my friend uh ended up being my business partner sam tripley the next uh-huh. day and i told him what Tim happened Boyle hat podcast yep. you're welcome yeah and told him and like 12 other podcasts but. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he was all stoked and he's like ah and he's like i got the name for it and I had this and that and we met out for lunch and we talked and we met again and we we're you know started working together and stuff and you know we had, uh, I had talked to the other manager and, and owners about like branding the room uh-huh. and Sam was completely convinced the dojo of comedy would work. So I went with it. I believe Sam, you know, he's, he's, you know, 30, 25, 30 year comic. Yeah. And, uh, he had done a couple, one or two shows there before that were just one-off shows. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then we, you know, we just connected. And then, you know, like I said, I, we, I had his number, I hit him up and the next day and I was just like, all right, let's do this. And it it grew to what it was before yeah. COVID, and it it was it was great. It's such a shame, man. <laughs> that, that was I mean that was what I wanted to get at. It's like COVID yeah. forced it to cl- like right when it was like getting because I had done a, sh- a show there because at, at one point there was like a show every night or two shows every night, uh, um, and then yeah. you had the smaller room downstairs yep. and there was like mics and there's a lot of opportunity for comics, which yeah, <clears throat> you don't always necessarily get that here. Like you want stage time, but you, and so like it was a place to foster comics you know it was a it was a like you said it was a is a, a comedy club but it's run by comic which is a little bit different than you know a business the business obviously you want people there but yeah anyway it was really taking off oh and then yeah fucking covid happened and like a lot of other businesses here just fucking yeah it was it was perfect because it was run by comics you know i've i've run bars and nightclubs for over 20 years i produced stuff with the ufc back in the day not like not like hand in hand with them. I didn't work for them, but I like partnered up with them years ago. So I had to like, I had experience with, you know, big events in Vegas, Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami. I worked with, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, fight promos and stuff. So I had an understanding of, of, you know, working with celebrities, working with, you know, people kind of like out of my range as far as like, you know, the status level goes. But I was, I was finally doing something I loved and wanted to do. It was comedy. It was producing and performing and the the reason it works so well was we had this huge parking lot that was free, yes, which is huge, which is not that doesn't happen here, yeah, anywhere, yeah, and it's never free. So this was free, uh, restaurant quality food. Yeah, yeah, they had good food. You know, too. Yeah, right. yeah, it was. Yeah. And then uh, when I grew the second room, the dojo annex, that was after about a year or so. I was very hesitant. I don't want to deal with mics or micers, to yeah. be honest. And that that's just me. that's a personal opinion. Yeah, nothing against it we all start there but some people get stuck in the mic scene for a long time and never get out of it and i just didn't want to deal with that headache but i knew i put myself aside 
And I said, in, in order to create the art form correctly, I have to have a mic here. Yeah. So I opened up the Dojo Annex. Uh, the girl that was working with me, Isabel Herman, she yeah, helped a shitload Isabel. with that. Yeah, a little Isabel. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one of my bartenders is a friend, Chris Donnie, who he helped, you know, build the stage in the room. And I worked with the guy, uh, Andrew Rose, who's out of Oklahoma. He helped a lot. Uh, Willie Simon did a little bit. Um, but I built, uh, I built this second room and I didn't have to do a lot. And it grew into this like total awesome, cool, fun, simple mic room. Oh, yeah. And then I also did small shows in that room. Right. So I was doing small shows, new, you know, new, uh, newer comics or producers that want to try a show. And so it, at one point I was basically had four to five shows a night, yeah. two downstairs, two upstairs, sometimes three downstairs. Great, yeah. On Mondays we had three mics. Yeah. We had a pre kill Tony mic. A regular mic when uh during Kill Tony and then a post Kill Tony mic, which was show up, go up LA, run right. by Al B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on Mondays we were we were running three mics and and I was getting up on every single show. It's the best man. But I wasn't that's the thing is I wasn't greedy. I got my five and I was happy. Yeah, I remember this too. Five minutes. Yeah. I'm I'm happy with my five. I close out a show, there'd be, you know, thirty percent of the people left in the room. I didn't care, I just wanted my stage time. Yeah. You know, and and I was very accommodating to a lot of people i mean no, i remember man i was like you know i'm always like i've i've, I've produced shows pretty much since i started doing stand-up just because i recognized it like if you want stage time you got to create your own stage time which exactly. a lot of people don't understand they think that they think they're owed stage time when they're starting or even when they're established it's like no dude if you if you're not getting the stage time you want you have to create it yeah, somehow or exactly another. figure something out go on yeah. the road or fucking start a room and yeah so, but i appreciate it and you know we had just started doing shows there and like i said then fucking covid happened so it was like yeah r.i.p man it's kind of a bummer yeah you, like, you tried to keep it going though right like I mean, um i well covid killed it it's, yeah i called it a covid casualty yeah i tried to do something in austin but it just wasn't working yeah you know sam and i decided just it wasn't gonna work uh there's a dojo of comedy in jersey but That's i right. yeah i've i kind of just like branched off and did my own thing okay. which is corrupted comedy now got it so it's it's a brand that's in three states we're working on some other stuff but I did some of your shows in Austin. Yeah, yeah. Um, like before everyone went to Austin, you yeah, know, like Jesus. right early on. I was I literally moved there a month after Rogan did. Yeah, I was there before Tony, before Red Band, before Jason Rouse, before all those people that were there. I was there right there. I knew it. I knew when Rogan announced that he was moving to yeah, Austin. It was on his podcast, I think, with Tim Dillon. I was actually driving back from Vegas. I was like, "Fuck!" Now everybody's gonna move there, yeah. and I was subleasing from a buddy. And I was like, I'm going, I'm fucking doing this. So I packed great. my car and it was I pretty fucking, great. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's great now. When's the last time you went? Uh, I was there in March for South by. Okay. I was just there. Yeah. I saw that you're on Rachel's show at Vulcan two weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah. I did like a bunch of other shows. Was that too. a big laugh show? Big laugh comedy. Uh, I mean, he, Brandon, the books, yes. he's the booker. Okay. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. I mean, all the shows there are big. Laugh, That's right. Yeah. Apparently, like pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was doing shows at all the other clubs too, man. It was, uh, it's quite the scene now like, yeah. to see like just because my first visit to Austin was literally March of 2020, right before COVID like shut everything down. Oh, shit. Like they okay. had just canceled South by. Yeah. And so it was like, there's like a weird energy and we were there and I was like, oh, I feel like Austin was supposed to be like better. And then, you know, going down there when I was in Oklahoma doing shows and then yeah. kind of been back and forth. And now to see what it's become since like the mothership is open, it's just like. Whoa, dude, dude there's like, like seven legit clubs eight. there now eight 
It's yeah. eight. Okay. There's another eight one legit that, clubs. Another one that just opened. Jesus Christ. Um, and yeah, dude, it's, it's fucking wild, man. It's, I mean, it's I bananas. knew it. I knew it. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, it's an instant. I mean, it's not just me. It's fucking half the country, but Rogan has such uh, an influence and pull. And, and I've worked with them even going back to like when I worked at the UFC and the guy was always super fucking cool. And I was yeah. like a nobody back then. And then he did the dojo, you know, uh, he actually ran as our special at the dojo. I think it was triggered. And then like two days later, flew out to Boston and shot it for Netflix. Wow. Just a fucking really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Like legit. Like, you know, I don't stroke people's shit, but it's like, I've worked at, you know, I worked with them in several capacities and we used to DM when I was living out in in, uh, in Austin and we were talking about doing some other stuff. And that's when things were like still pretty tight out there. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't like do a lot. It's before Vulcan like blew up. Yeah. Uh, but he was doing Vulcan and it just didn't go anywhere. But he's I give that guy like the amount. Of, I give him a lot of credit because he really oh, yeah. is helping, you he, know, I mean, comedy. Even like, like he's obviously put on a bunch of comics. Yeah. Like so many people. Yeah. Um, directly by just putting him on the podcast or putting him having him open whatever like all that stuff yeah. but now like i said just spending the weekend in austin and like to see how many people are coming to do to go to comedy yeah there and then the shows at his club sell out so then they go to other clubs yep and it's just like this crazy trickle down it's it's got a, it's got a, it's got a cool energy man it's a yeah. cool thing it's crazy like it's, it's i'll actually guy. i'll be out there next month okay yeah i'm Same gonna go back yeah i'm gonna spend uh July. i'm gonna spend a month out there my niece lives out there she's an adult but like so I, you know um, you, it was that came out here with you or yeah, yeah yeah the yeah, one that came I, out here yeah, yeah she she, she moved back she lives there she's okay. doing very well so I'll, we've you know we I was like, yeah, I'm going to come out. I've got, I run, you know, independent one-off shows yeah. and, and I have residencies and stuff, but. So you have a show you know, in, in Illinois now. Yeah. And at a, but is it at it's the called, Comedy Vault? Uh, no, no. Uh, actually, I do have a show on the 25th at the Comedy Vault. Okay. That's in Botvia. Uh, that's Bot- in Batavia. That's what I said. Yeah. What did I say? Botvia. Fuck. I always get it wrong. <laughs> one of my friends is from there. Batavia, really? Yeah. No shit. So random. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know there's a comedy club there. She's like, how do you know? I'm like, I know where all the fucking comedy clubs are. Yeah. It's my job. It's a great room. They book they book great comics. Um, yeah, we have a a one-off, it's a fundraiser for um diabetes. Okay. So all the proceeds at the door go to the ADA. Uh my guy that runs Corrupted Comedy Shyland, David Vox Mullen, he put that together. He's he's good, he's in with uh Comedy Vault. But we actually have a residency at the bar venue we used to run called oh, cool. Base Camp. And uh, this is in same town? It's in Lyle, which is next to Naperville. Okay. That's the best oh, yeah, way yeah. to put it. Naperville gotcha. is like, you yeah, know, yeah, on yeah. the fucking map. So that's I'm that. from that area. Got Naperville, yeah, yeah. Lyle. But um, yeah, we, we have a monthly residency starting September all the way through the, the end of the year. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and, yeah. You, you, and you're doing stuff in Austin still. <clears throat> yeah. Of, right? Yeah. Uh, I have, we have a monthly show in Pflugerville at Hanover's Bar Venue. It's that's a big the, venue. That, that's the place that starts with a P. Yes. But it is not, you don't pronounce the P. Yeah. Pflugerville. Yeah, I call it Pflugerville. I said it wrong a bunch of times. <laughs> that's actually, uh, Red Band lives up there. Two weekends ago. I yeah. like it. One of my buddies lives out there too, actually. Yeah, it's a great venue. First right. show we had, oversold. Wow. And the second one is on the 21st. And we've already got like, those tickets are moving. When tickets move weeks before the show, you know, right. it's a good, it's yeah, a good yeah. sign. Good for you, man. That's so. a, that's the thing, man. Like, I mean, I've, I've talked about myself on here, but I like bringing other people on to talk about the same. It's just like, you just got to fucking create your own shit, man. Yeah. Like, stop complaining about not getting on stage or whatever. Exactly. 
go on the road, start your own show, fucking just do something. Yeah, know, like. do something. Yeah, I mean, out here especially, it's like uh, stage time is currency between comics and producers, yeah. you know. And the other thing is, if you ain't famous and, and you can't draw, no one's going to ask you to do shit. I'm not famous and I can't draw. You got to ask them. That's yeah, my exactly. thing. Is That's that's yeah. kind of the, you know, the, the ego that I've had to get over is the amount of the amount of shit I did at the dojo for comics and producers from open mic level all the way to like monsters. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, why aren't you asking me? And it's just like, I just got to ask Trevor. Yeah. That's my ego. Like why aren't we, I've done so much. It's like, just ask. Just ask yeah. I've, I've asked a number of like big A-listers or touring comics. If I could work with them, open, whatever. Some leave me on red, some respond right away. <laughs> I, I'm, I love when they're like, can't do it, bro. Or I'm full like thank you for thank you for being a fucking adult and instead of leaving me on red you know yeah yeah yeah. but like I've worked with Brett Ernst I think for a year or two now Uh I love working with him yeah yeah anytime I go through through Vegas and he's got a show at uh LA Comedy Club I I host or feature for him oh yeah and he's and he's great he'll sit down with me and go over my set or give me a couple of pointers to tweak it so invaluable it's unreal for I always even even still. Anytime someone, I will take this back, someone that's at my level or above, <laughs> for the most part, uh, like gives me something, but especially like if it's, if I'm opening for somebody yeah, and they are like, Hey, Hey, I know that part. And I'm like, thank you. Like, yeah. It just shows that you watch. Cause how many times do people actually watch? Yeah. You especially know what I mean? comics. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. how many times do comics <laughs> yeah, watch? Com- yeah. That's, and so that's when they give I'm it back to you, you're like, dude, fucking. We could be such cunts. You. Yeah. We're so involved in what we're doing and what we have to say that it's like, there's other shit going on, yeah. you know? And I, and I catch myself doing, I'm a lot better, but man, we can just be fucking royal douchebags. For, for me, it's like, I love comedy. Like before I was a standup, I loved comedy. I yeah. would love watching comedy, going to comedy clubs. Like I fucking loved it. And even as a comic, even though, yeah, we see a lot of comedy, we get a little jaded, but I still love like being in the room and fucking just watching comedy. Yeah. Uh, and if one of my friends is does something and I, I, I'm like, hey, when you do this part, you can say this. And yeah. I, if they don't use it, it's fine. But like for me, it I appreciate when people do it and it shows them that I was watching their set too, which people appreciate, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, okay. I got, I want to talk about this dude. This yeah. Has been, yeah. This, this came up recently. Um, aliens are real. We can <laughs> fucking agree. A right. I'm sorry. I don't have a transition for this, but I just, that's the best transition. Like, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I get, I, I, I get ball. like, uh, I, I go off on tangents on these podcasts and then I'm like, fuck, I forgot to ask this question. So, okay. So, I'm a big fan of Blink-182. Okay. Actually going to go see them this weekend. Very nice. fucking excited for like the 15th time or something. Um, but also, you know, notoriously, Tom left the group because he was going to research aliens. And yeah. like that was the reason like everyone, they kind of had a falling out for a second, but then they got back together. And then he's like, no, I'm going to go and help uncover the truth about aliens. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that's and awesome. He looked like he was crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, how many, oh shit. Uh, seven eight years later or however it now he has like an, a, a research institute yeah to the stars where he has like nuclear physicists and former nasa you know officials and cia officials and like legit 
researching UFOs, aliens. Uh, un- what's what's the new word for aliens now? It's oh, like God. UAP or something. Yeah, is that the the we're gentrifying the word un- alien? Or unidentified UFOs? something. <laughs> I forget what it. Is. I I, I'm pretty sure it's UAP. But anyway, uh, and then so recently. Uh, the guy, I, I don't know who's fucking know what his name was, but he is a former also government official yeah. talking about how the U.S. has um, alien or not from Earth spacecraft in yeah. their possession. Like, oh, a, yeah. Like a lot of it. Like Roswell shit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that's yeah. come up. And then Tom's like, see, I told you guys. And I'm like, fucking he did, dude. He told us. Yeah. Uh, so I heard the story that you told. Um, and I don't I don't I'm not going to mess it up. Or anything, but it, your father, right? Yes, my Used father. Used to work yeah. for. So my father was a uh, he was a union plumber in Chicago. He's okay. originally from Germany, born and raised there during World War II. Uh, he was a refugee. Went to Australia when he was young with his family, and then he ended up in America. Um, so he was, uh, was I forgot what age he was. He was in his twenties, but he, like I said, a union plumber for uh, Illinois Institute of Technology in Chicago. Okay. Uh, he got called in on his day off. I think it was like a Sunday uh, for what they called it was like gas leak or something. I don't know. So my father got called in on his day off. He went in and he gave him security clearance to go work on whatever it was he needed to work on. So they sent him downstairs. Security clearance. Security clearance. For to go a downstairs plumbing job. For a plumbing job. Because where he was going, he needed like the badge or whatever. It's kind of already. Yeah. So he kept going down and down and he said he went all the way into like the basement of a basement in the, you know, the IIT Illinois Institute of Technology building. He went all the way down in there and he walked out and he saw, he said it was about the size of a football field, this giant like indoor warehouse. And he was staring at a spaceship, like a legit spaceship. Like it's basically, he described uh, the spaceship from the movie flight of the navigator. That kind of like sleek look. Dude, I haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> but it's uh spaceship. Yeah. And then it was in and it had netting over it oh, to keep okay. it kind of like, you know, secure. And then he said he legit and my by the way, my father is not creative. He's not an artist and he's not a drug addict and he's not psychotic. Because those are all questions that I'm sure people would ask all the time. Because yeah. people don't want to believe it because it's scary. So, so scary. Yeah. It's actually it's cool as shit, but also equally terrifying. Yes. So he uh, he sees three aliens. He sees two like adult types and a smaller one, like a child or whatever you want to call it. And he sees them walking up and down a ladder and sitting in a chair. And they're like the uh, the aliens that are like the, the smaller ones with the bigger head that are kind of like the whiter gray. I think there's a name for it. Maybe Anunnaki. I don't know. I don't know. But he's just standing there like watching this, like what the fuck? And... Like I said, my dad's not. That's so, not okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, what year is this? This was uh, like 60s, mid to late 60s. Yeah. Yes, okay. mid to late 60s. This happened. So he uh, he would he was he got spooked. I think a security guard, like security guard, like I shouldn't say security guard, like <laughs> military enforcement right. came over. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? And then they like escorted him out. And then he had seen some other things as, as he was walking there. He said he saw in an, like there were like operating rooms. If you think of like 60s operating rooms, uh-huh. which are like schools, you know, like school right. science labs. Uh-huh. He said he saw a, a monkey with a like helmet on with lasers being shot at it. So they were like testing laser technology on animals. He saw a horse on an operating table and they were pumping it full of chemicals to see how much, you know, 
poison or chemicals the horse could take. And he's telling me this. He told me that stuff before the alien stuff. He told me the alien shit on his 80th birthday before he passed away. Oh, that, that, that's, that, I knew there yeah. was a caveat to this. Yes. He held that in. He held that in. He, so how, to, to kind of backtrack a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. he basically got rushed out. They, they walked him out. He went upstairs. They sent him home for the day. That was, a, I believe it was a Sunday. He came in Monday to work. He got pulled into an office by his supervisor and a supervisor's supervisor. And he said two men in black were in there. They sat him down and they said, we we can't fire him. He's seen too much. Give him official security clearance. And the, he said the men in black were just stand, sitting there, didn't say anything. And then they finally spoke and they said, you didn't see anything. He goes, I'll keep, he said, I'll, I'll take it to my grave. Those are his exact words. He's an old German, uh-huh. born and raised in Germany during World War II. You know, he uh-huh. was a, it was Jewish blood, a German he had polio. So it's like this guy was just wanted to work. Uh-huh. He's not, he's like old school, like, um, what they call it? like an old school fucking doesn't want to make any ruffles, just wants to fucking work. Uh-huh. And that's it. So he did. And he didn't say anything, obviously, until his you know 80th birthday. And then he died two years later. But the thing is, this is where it gets very odd is he went, he flew to Germany. I can't remember if it was before or after 9 11. And he, got stopped by two men in black. He said two like just guys walked up to him and said, in or out. I I think it was going to Germany. Uh I just don't remember if it was before or after nine 11, but he was stopped by two men in black and they asked him where he was going. He goes, I'm going to Germany. I says that for business or pleasure. And he goes, I'm going to see family. That's where I'm from. And they said, okay, thank you, Mr. Kevill. And I walked away. That was 2001. And then a couple of years later, he was flying back from Florida with my brother because my brother was remodeling a place down there, his own place. And he said that, uh, my brother talks about this all the time, that he his, our dad got pulled into an office for like 40 minutes and interrogated. Just randomly. Randomly. And they, and my, he came out, and my dad was a rageaholic. My dad had a very short fuse. Like if something went the wrong way, if, if there was a fart in the wind, he would snap. Uh-huh. He walked out of the office. He, you know, told my brother, this was in Florida in like, oh, three or four. And he said, uh, let's go. And he goes, you're call- everything good. He goes, yeah, let's go. They just, we just had to talk about something. And that was it. They got in the airplane. My dad never flew again after that. Never has, never flew after that incident in Florida. Really? So my years ago, my dad's telling the story how, um, people would call him on his phone. He had an old beat up flip phone, like an analog. And he would get a call. He said about one randomly, and it was always an unknown number. And he'd get a call and they would say, have you told anyone? And he would say, no. And I'd say, okay, good. And they'd hang up and he'd go to call it back. Shut up. And it was a disco number. I was in the room when that happened. He told me about, told me about this. And I was just like, all right, whatever. I mean, I believed him, but at the same time, just like, eh, you know, like was his dad being fucking silly again, you know, so right. screws loose. There was a time where he, I was, we were sitting there having coffee, watching TV. He gets a phone call and he always does this like weird look because he's old and he answers it and he has a thick German accent. He's like, hello. And they're like, and I just hear his, you know, my dad's voice, not the other end. And he goes, Nope, I haven't told anyone. Okay. Goodbye. And that was it. And I just looked at him. I go, who was that? And he goes, that was them. And he put his phone back in the, cause he's the chair or whatever. Just kept watching TV. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And that was that was his life. That's but on his 80th birthday, he told everybody. He called me. I was living out here. 
uh, the whole family. And I, I took it like, holy shit, my dad's going to die soon. Yeah. Like he's like kind of like making peace with the fact that he's like, all right, I hit 80. I He's in shit shape. You know, he can, can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. He's just like, why even bother? So it's like, it was, I, I took it like, he was like, come on, aliens, come get me. Come on, government, come get me. Right. And he left, lived another two years. But when he, when he told that story, I was out here and I was, I took the call and I'm just like, what the fuck was that? Like, he just laid it all out. He just had no, didn't hold anything back. And then I ended up asking him a lot of questions about it years later. And I have some of the stuff on, on my phone, but you know, he, we all knew about it. We all knew it was something like that because he was always watching alien shit and going on the computer and either looking at porn <laughs> or aliens or alien porn. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, he was be... always, dude, he would look up like reptilians and all that shit. Oh, it, like it, Sam Tripoli stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is why Sam and I got along so well. Yeah. Right. You know? But yeah, I mean, that's, I tell this, it's like, I know my father dude doesn't lie. Doesn't know how to lie. Uh-huh. Not creative at all. He's got that total German engineering brain. That's just like no, you know, nothing else. No art form. No exaggeration. I just, you know, he never said anything until you know his 80th birthday, and I'm like, this he can't be full so, of shit. That's so. I mean, I want to believe so bad, and there's obviously there's so much proof, and it's also, you know, just uh, just silly to think that we're alone, you know. Um, but I have theories on aliens myself. I mean, I believe they're, I just, I've never seen proof. But yeah. like, I think the the hardest thing for people to grasp is uh, the way we travel is we get in a car, we get in a plane, whatever, we go from point A to point B. Yep. And so that's what we can wrap our head around. And I don't think aliens travel that way. No. Like, I think it's interdimensional yeah. somehow. And obviously that's why when there's this like, you know, like, the the uh what's the what's the the one the little tic tac off of like the coast of San Diego, uh with a uh, Commander Fraber and like all those guys like it's like oh, the, the, these things move so fast <laughs> that was like that was the thing like the big doc on uh that Tom produced on uh, I think it was on the History Channel okay called unidentified but it's like the naval one it's like okay. the naval ships yeah and they're seeing this thing and it's moving at rates that like you can't understand and so my thing is like it's probably because they can somehow teleport or move that way. Yeah. And that's why we can't comprehend that. Um, Could it be just that we have, or some other country has technology that's just so far advanced that we can, and that's why they're hiding it. And that's why we say it's aliens. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's aliens. Well, I would think, (laughs) yeah. Well, I would step back and say, if it's another country that has this technology, where'd they get it from? Probably True. aliens. I mean, maybe, right? Yeah. Where, where'd the pyramids come from? Yeah. I mean, it's... I could talk about that too all fucking day long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been a firm believer. I just, I think it's, personally, I think it's very egocentric to think that we're the only living, like, and not just the only living, but the top living species in the galaxy that yeah. we can't even comprehend. Well, that's where, I feel like religion plays a big part in that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, well, the, you know, we, I think, you know believe like i do religion is just a control mechanism you know it's spirituality religion you know all yeah. that stuff it's like you know i've done i've dive like deep dive into stuff you know yeah when I, I used to in, in aliens oh yeah so you yeah. think there's aliens 100 percent. now can let me ask you a question about aliens yeah do you think that they're secretly living among us i think it's very possible 
Okay. As far as like, are they, it's, it's, you know, I'm not a pussy by not admitting if I do believe it or not, but I mean, I've had some weird experiences where I've been, I mean, I was on mushrooms, so it doesn't really count, but like I've seen, (laughs) I've seen like, uh, you know, reality that's been distorted. And I was just like, that person didn't look Right. But there, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of stories about how they walk among us. They live with us. Like the old TV show V, which is fucking killer. Right. That was so good. And the remake was not awful. Um, but the people in it were like the, the girls were way hotter in the remake. Yeah. Uh, I think they gave it maybe a season. Yeah. It was like a half a season, but yeah, like I, I I was like, okay, I, I could see lizard people kind yeah of thing like okay or they live that movie with rowdy which, yeah, yeah. which is like huge now <laughs> of course it's a rowdy dying to make it even bigger yeah, but yeah. it's like that movie was like i remember watching that when i was a kid uh-huh. i was like this is fascinating yeah you know and that was like that's like og conspiracy that's like even before the movie conspiracy theory with mel gibson i don't remember seeing that movie oh that's a great movie. craziness it's he, he's this guy that's uh got uh what do you call it like operated on or tested on by by scientists oh interesting and he's got all these like weird quirks and stuff and he's like crazy so to speak but it's because they fried his brain from all the the testing and then he's like considered a, a nutbag a conspiracy theorist but like one girl believes in him and it's, it's a good movie it's a okay. really good movie yeah. i should i shouldn't downplay it it's a really good movie uh, but, oh god i had a question right on the fucking tip of my tongue and oh oh yeah yeah um have you seen the thing about the the ship crashing in Vegas like a week ago? Oh yeah, and yeah. like the people with the footage in the backyard, yeah. and like the cops came, <laughs> and yeah. the cops saw like that's fucking weird, man. Like, and I don't. The thing you have is, to question like, it. Yeah, you, you can like you know with, with with cameras and everything, like you can doctor so much, and but like I'm just like I don't know, man. There's just too much stuff now to be like. I mean, the government admitted to it. Well, that's that's the part that worries me. Yeah, that's that's you know, it's just like, why now? Unless Uh, we're about to be invaded, or unless they're hiding something, which is not a surprise because I'm not a conspiracy person. But I think it's they hide some stuff from us a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just they're 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 saying it to kind of like it's their get out of jail free card in case something does happen. It's like, oh yeah, aliens are real. But uh, anyways, so what's going on with you know? Like, I mean, do you remember you know, like independence, the vaccine. independence Day? Yeah. Which is a fucking great, in the first Independence Day, not the sequel. Yeah. But like a great, kind of like, not realistic, but like, like obviously like, like Transformers, right? Like that's, yeah. I can't believe that. That's fucking, or yeah. like Avengers, like I can't believe that. Yeah. But like Independence Day where the fucking ships come, they're just hovering over you know the major cities and they just hang out there like i i don't know what i would do what would you do if that happened fuck would you cry would you pray no i'd be like if you want to get me just come and get me yeah like you know if you're gonna do this weird power trip (laughs) and make me feel uncomfortable go ahead like Like, would you just live would you just keep living normal and you know uh, i mean if they're just up there all the time i'd be like all right what's going on here guys (laughs) i can find something else to do you know instead of being weird it's so bananas like I, when I was in, uh, when I was on the road, when actually, when I moved to Austin a couple of years ago, I made a pit stop in Roswell and stayed the night uh-huh. and I literally walked out and I was eating, uh, I was eating ice cream by myself and I sat out there and I was just like, aliens, if you want to come get me, now's your chance. I, did the same, I don't give a shit. I did the same thing in new Orleans, uh, hoping that a vampire would attack me in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just like, fuck it. Yeah. But okay. then on the way back, last year when I was on the road coming back from the road, I was heading back to here to Los Angeles. I was in New Mexico in uh -huh. the middle of fucking nowhere. Which is basically um, all of New Mexico yeah. except for Santa Fe and Albuquerque. But Dude, just empty yeah. and nothing. And I literally, I, I was, it was like super late and I was tired and I'm like, there's, I, I purposely, I was like, I'm going to sleep in my car and stare at the stars. Uh -huh. So I lit, put, you know, put my seat back, open the, um, where middle of nowhere, New Mexico, like on a highway or like it a was, truck stop. Or? Uh, it was on like one of those, uh, like an off brand highway. Really? I, I, I'd have to look it up. But it was, I was alone. Yeah. Like dead, silent, eerie. That's and idea. I literally said, aliens, if you want to come get me, come uh -huh. get me now. If not, leave me the fuck alone because I got shit to do. Hilarious. I was like, that's what I do though. I speak things into existence. There's a lot of uh, like, you know? there's a lot of like places in New Mexico that you can't. Like, New Mexico is sketch. Government, as fuck. no, like, 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 like yeah. government, fucking, like, fenced off. Like, you yep. can't go past all here. over. Like, and you're just like, what is here? There's yeah, like I, a lot of it, and it's it's a. I think driving driving i've been driving through and staying in new mexico since i was a kid i have an aunt yeah. that's lived there for like 30 years it's kind of like and whenever i would go out to oklahoma we'd usually stay in new mexico somewhere yeah. it's kind of like a little bit more than halfway but like yeah a good place to rest for the night and i'm always just like eh. it's it's weird i remember driving up like central new mexico in a forest preserve and i was like where the fuck am i yeah. forest or whatever it's called national park but I remember when I was driving to, when I was I moved to Texas a few years ago, um, they like, there was like this military thing that stopped, like stopped my car. Like everybody had to go yeah, through yeah, this yeah. Like, military, uh -huh. like yeah. where they like take all these pictures, they have all this stuff. And I'm just like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if that's on all the border, but it was like, I was kind of selfish. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it was sketchy as There's fuck. There's also uh Epstein had a ranch in yes, New Mexico somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is, I've only seen pictures, but oddly similar to the layout of Westworld. Yeah. Which is fucking bananas. That's eerie as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, I'm not a conspiracy theory person, but like if you were looking for similarities in Hollywood and like fucking weird shit that goes on, that yeah. would be a good like. You you got to question it. That's my thing. You don't yes. believe everything, but Correct. at least question it. Be open to the possibility yeah, yeah, yeah. that like not it's just like what is up in New Mexico? Yeah. Like what's really yeah, going what's on going there? On. It's it's odd. It's kind of like I think it's is it Montana where it's like the majority of Montana is owned by the government. Really? I think it's Montana. One of the big states or maybe it was Nevada. 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 <laughs> there we go. And what goes on in Nevada, Area 51, yeah. and all that other testing. So, it's, yeah. you know, it's stuff you have to question, yep. you know. What, uh, okay, so uh, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago, because uh, I recently also started kind of using mushrooms a little bit. Okay. Um, they help. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, so when you see things with mushrooms, for example, do you think that you're actually hallucinating or do you think there's something about the mushroom that is helping you see things that you simply can't see with the naked eye i think that second part second part uh I'll, I'll put it i've never uh macro dosed i've never like seen the world change like uh, like right. you know i call it 
it's a bit, so I'm just gonna do it. But it's no I, bits on the. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> there's microdosing and macrodosing. I've yeah, only yeah. micro. I've actually mid road. Microdosing is you feel God. Macrodosing is you see God. Right. Riding a dragon, shooting flames at you, yeah. like waving the, a sword. The, the, so. the ones I have, uh, the box has like this much for like mind stimulation or enhanced mood. Da -da -da -da. Yeah. And then like the last one says the walls will melt. <laughs> yeah. I don't do that. I haven't gotten that far yeah. either. I, I, uh, <laughs> I never, before I got, I know it's going to be weird to people, but before I got sober, yeah, I never, we're, we're, yeah. that was my transition. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before I got sober, I never did mushrooms, never did acid. Still never, I will never, I don't think I'll ever do acid. Mm -mm. There's no reason to, but uh, I never did really anything. I was just, it was just like booze, weed, and then blow when I moved here. And that was really it. I did booze, weed, and blow. Yeah. Those, yeah, yeah. And I tinkered with other stuff a little bit, like some pharmaceuticals, but not a lot. But then when I got sober about a year and a half later, I, I microdosed with mushrooms and it changed my life immediately. Yeah. I, I, I felt <clears throat> more connected, more grounded. I felt better. I was with a friend of mine. He was going through some shit and uh, I felt his energy. Uh -huh. I felt like, holy shit, this guy's going through some fucking heavy stuff he's not talking about. So I actually had texted him like a day or two later. And I was just like, when we microed at Malibu, I was chilling and I just felt that something's going on with you and I'm always here for you. Huh. And I just felt like this, like he needed to talk or he needed to hear that, yeah, yeah. you know, but I've, uh, I've been microdosing on and off since oh, yeah. pretty consistently, actually it's, before yeah. I did it, like you would always hear things like that. And, yeah. and like, I feel like there's people, I'm not telling everyone to do mushrooms, you know, some of you guys have everything figured out. I don't. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> Good job. Uh, so you would hear that. Like I said, some people probably scoff at that or whatever. But yeah. I, too, like in the times that I've done it, just like I feel like I've gotten the answers to things on occasion. And but also I've noticed because, you know, I do edibles every night um, just because it helps me sleep. But sometimes it just helps me relax and all that yeah. as well. Um but mushrooms is different because I feel like uh, post doing mushrooms for like a while, I'm just, I'm more calm, like yeah. on a daily basis. Yep. Things that normally piss me off don't. Um, I just feel like I appreciate people more. And it's it's really interesting because I never would have thought that that was possible. Because like I said, you hear people talk about it and you're like... What are you talking about? I'm not like, yeah. oh, I get it now. Like, I I don't have all the answers, but I've gotten quite a few answers. Yeah. Uh, over the last you know few months. Yeah, I'm uh I'm I've got a uh, 15 day thing um that I rented like I said up in the hills, uh -huh. and uh, I'm on I think my third or fourth day. I'm, every morning I'm microdosing. So uh -huh. I wake up. It's the first thing I do. I take a small amount. Really. And I, every morning. Every morning. Whoa. I'm doing it for 14 days. Every Whoa. morning I wake up. I have coffee. Uh, with my coffee, I have, you know, a small, like a stem. And uh, today I actually had a little bit of a cap with the stem and uh, it hit very hard. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I. So you're wet. still potentially feeling residual effects from mushrooms right now? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good chance. Cause yeah. I, I, I'm also eating very lean. So Hell it's yeah. like staying in my system. It's not getting absorbed as much as, it, you know, I normally would well, that's eat. That's the thing you're supposed to like not have a lot to eat oh i do yeah right oh i chew that fucker up yeah, yeah, yeah gangster just chew that thing up chew the cow shit and everything really? I, want it, I want it in my teeth good for you man and i i rinse it out uh -huh. gargle and everything i love it oh yeah but i uh yeah it was it was real today was a really uh heavy emotional um walloping it was like really? essentially two hours the whole ride so okay. to speak and it helped it helped get out a lot of stuff um i'm also on this weird kind of like spiritual emotional like 
thing I'm going through. I've yeah. gone through, I started it May 12th. It just kind of happened. And I'm going through this like huge, like kind of like moment in my life where we're like really defining what is really fucking important. Uh-huh. Not what I think is important. What right. I thought was important. What's really fucking important to me, not uh-huh. to everybody else. Cause right. I've told some friends some stuff and they're like, Oh yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to be where you're at in life. So yeah. I'm not going to listen to you. Okay. Somebody that I've always had the the idea of if I want to be at this person's level, that's who I'm going to listen to. Right. You know, kind of, you know, not to sound like a dick, but it's like, oh, yeah. If I want to be, if I want to be uh, Bill Gates or Joe Rogan, what do I do to become that? Yeah. I don't, I do not. Yeah. I have no interest in being either of them, but I want to be at a certain level as a, as a human being, not a comic, not a producer. As a human being, I want to be more accessible to people and just be a better person. Yeah. Cause, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And mushrooms have been literally the key to unlocking that. I feel like some of that just comes with age too. It does. We're about the same age, I think, right? I'm 45. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As you can tell. <laughs> I don't dye my beard. That's why I fucking shave, dude. Yeah. I but... can't. If, if, I, if, I, if I let it grow like you, it would, yeah. I don't know if it would look that much, but it yeah. would, yeah. I have a lot of whites and grays come through. This and is I'm like, a lot of alcoholism. I got to fucking shave. <laughs> and you're like not a drinker. But every, this I'm is... not. Yeah. I got to, yeah. I got to shave like every two or three days. It doesn't come. I mean, I obviously I have it in my head a little bit, but like. Yeah, for some reason. And you're also like a fitness guru too. Like you take care of yourself. I take very good care of myself. So that helps, you know. It does. It does. It really does. I'm actually in that doing in that zone too. I'm really concerned about my more my health than my my physique. Yeah. But it's it's I changed drastically the past six, eight weeks. That's good, man. You know, because I'm thinking about my future more about Yeah. I don't want to be banged up. Same. I I I I mean, I I may have kids, I may not, I you know, I don't know if you know my girl and I broke up a while ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so it's like now I have this whole like, oh, well, maybe I won't have kids, and that was actually my my very first mushroom uh, experience was I, I, I like a fucking idiot. I did them the day after we broke up because <laughs> I was so confused, and that yeah. was the wrong time to do them. But uh, it might be the right time. Well, it, I came to the realization might. that I may not have kids, and it's come up several other times in mushroom experiences. So I'm like, all right. But um, I just think like getting older, like you, like I just value, you know, my family. But also we went through a pandemic and I feel like if you yeah. didn't learn to value certain things through that, then that's oh, kind of have weird issues. There there are so <laughs> many silver linings to, yeah. to the, the, the pandemic. Yeah. So many that I've taken personally. And I'll be honest, like I've, I've been in, when I was younger, my 20s, I was all about like, the white picket fence theory uh-huh. or like life. And I was like, I'm not built for that. You know, I was like fucking going to be a comic and be in LA. And you know, like I let that fucking massive ego and like, I'm so fucking cool. Like really hit. Then I got sober, you know, and I was just like, you know, and I, and I wasn't really going to meetings a lot. And I started to, and it was like, that helped a lot, like balance my shit and somewhere yeah. to go to talk to people connected with some sober people, all that, but you know, still stayed, you know, kind of like with people that weren't and i'll be honest like i was in chicago for six weeks five six weeks and i was like i i I had this whole fucking different pair of fucking glasses on and eyes and i'm like this ain't that bad yeah like we we us fucked up artists in la talk so much shit about like suburbia middle america and all that and then you go there and you're like and i was like I, my ego was just like you take a fucking rest homeboy and i just sat up on this hill up in this neighborhood i grew up at and these people were fucking happy 
Yeah. Kids running around. I'm like, this ain't that bad. Normal people. Normal people. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, there's like a lot of my friends have kids now and, you know, and it's like, I'm around these kids and I'm like, I get total baby fever. Yeah. I'm like, I want one of these fuckers. So Fucking bad. have one, dude. Fuck it. I just, <laughs> there's only one woman that I would want to have any sort of future. Oh, there's with. a lot of women I would want There's only one. If you're out there. God. She, I don't know if she'll watch this. I hope, I mean, she might, but a lot of people watch this. There's only, I'll send her the link, but that's it. There's only one. That's okay. it. And, and I, that. I've, I've come to terms with that, you know, okay. and I'm, but I come to terms. I'm, I'm beyond, I'm like ecstatic that that's the only person I want to have a future with. That's great. And it's like, if Does she know this, she, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of spilled my heart to her. Fuck yeah, dude. My un, undying love, really? ever, uh, ever, everlasting, ever longing love. Uh huh to her recently so i love this you know and i love this for you i i'm but i'm so vulnerable and honest about it and it was completely fucking the truth yeah and everything i was just like there's no other person i want to spend the rest of my life with on this planet and yeah. i've met a lot of fucking girls uh -huh. a lot i mean i used to work in women's fashion and no i'm not gay or bi or bi curious <laughs> If you were, there wouldn't be anything wrong with that, Trevor. I when I did drugs, you. I was trans curious. Okay. <laughs> but that's because, you know, fucks your brain up a little bit. Trans curious in like, like. Not transitioning. I, mean, like I know a, like, I look Like a pregnant, girl that was maybe born biologically. Either or, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I would actually, back in the day when I was doing a lot of drugs, just cocaine, really. Um, Aren't you glad you don't do that now? Oh, yeah. For so many reasons. It's a billion reasons. Yeah. 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 It fucked my central nervous system up so bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would I would be like, oh fuck it. The only way to do it's a pre-op, bro. You gotta have full experience. And <laughs> people are like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Do you like, know uh, uh, do you know Julian Michael comic? No. He was here a few weeks ago. He's a black dude. He's, he's gay. But we were we were kind of talking about, you know, trans and sexualities and like yeah. definition, like like if I hooked up with an identifying woman that was born male, yeah. but like post-op and so she's female just not yeah. by law you know what i mean and he was talking about how he hooked up with a girl born girl but now identifying male okay so to him it's gay but she still has or he has the female part I and how, it, it, how amazing it was i'm like oh this is so interesting it's so there's just so much gray there's so much yeah. that it's like I, I I understand much more as I talk to people younger, older, same age yeah, that yeah. are that talk about uh, polysexual, whatever, uh -huh. or pan, whatever. Pan's anything. Pan, I yeah. Think. Like I I understand their concept. Yeah. It's they're kind gonna of have like, to add another letter now. Yeah. To but, LGBTQIA plus, they're gonna have to be a P there. I think. Yeah. And then there, because then there's like there's like saposexuals that are just attracted to like your brain or whatever. No one's going to be that, that for me, yeah. I don't think. I mean, of course, the chick's got, <laughs> chick's got to look good, you know, but I'm not a total fucking dork. I don't think anyone's like, going to be attracted to my brain. If they are, they're <laughs> they're they're also equally fucked up, I think. That's perfect. I'm okay with that, though. That's yeah. fine. Uh, man, I want to... Okay, I, I, I don't know. We have, like, a few minutes. Yeah. Um, you got sober, which is, I think, a huge thing for a lot of people because it's it's hard. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm what they call, obviously, California sober. Yeah. Um, I don't drink, but I do use marijuana and now I do mushrooms. Um, and so, but you had a drug oh, yeah. problem. I was uh, mostly, I was a drinker. Drinker. I was a heavy yeah. drinker. I never done cocaine a day in my life until I moved to Los Angeles eight and a half years ago. Um, and then I became a cocaine addict pretty quickly. I, I, I've talked about it several times. I never, growing, I grew up in the hood. 
um, my dad went to prison for selling meth, but I never saw cocaine yeah like in person until i started doing comedy here yeah sounds about right <laughs> yeah yeah like i see people doing rails in the fucking green room yeah. at the comedy store i'm like holy shit this is the real deal i didn't even smoke weed till i was like 31 or two okay first time i ever smoked weed i was like yeah around that age uh, and i loved it by the way it was great yeah. it's a great experience i got i was kind of drunk i got super baked with my brother we used to live together in neighborville and then we watched uh we put on a tool because we're big tool heads uh -huh. we put on a tool video and also I just, dresses like a woman sometimes yeah and i sank into the couch and i was like this is fucking awesome and i woke yeah. up the next day no hangover felt what was great. the video where he had like a little guy running around no it was like a music video that was very like uh that, that is what i'm saying there's a tool video and oh like, there's like a little like i don't know it like might be little stink creature fist. running around and it was it really trippy like, i remember it, it sounds like stink fist really yeah trippy adam jones their guitarist he's actually an animator and stuff he started oh, okay. out that with makes like, sense yeah, like yeah claymation yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. But yes yeah. yes exactly yeah um i think it's that one okay stink fist yeah yeah but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I was, um, you was, had a rock bottom moment. Oh yeah. I, I was, <laughs> I was fucked up. I was drunk stoned and on Coke, uh, in San Diego. And I was like really fucked up and I was hanging out by my buddy's truck and, um, someone came from behind and stabbed me in the neck right by the artery, like qu quarter inch from the carotid artery. Why? We don't know. Okay, we think that's it's, what I, we what think I it's two things. It was a random attack, but when I talked to the nurses the next day, they said that there's a lot of gang activity with gang initiation stuff. So if you look up, kill someone, or you know, unfortunately, kill a white boy, um, you know, it's you get into whatever gang. Obviously, that guy Jesus or girl Christ. didn't get in the gang because I'm alive <laughs> and well. They don't know that though. No. So maybe they thought you died. They left yeah. you for dead. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't fall. I was fucked up. I stumbled around. I dropped my, like, I was on my phone just like, eh. And I dropped my phone and picked it up. And I, in my head, because I've been in a lot of bar fights and been in, involved in a lot of that stuff back in the day, I was like, I guess we're going to fight. And I was just like, like, let's go. But I was like, there's Nobody. no one there. And then I just kind of look and there's just like. You got stabbed in the neck. Yeah. With a knife? With a knife, yeah. Fuck. Got clipped, yeah. And the reason I think it was an attempted murder is because it was so close to the artery. Uh -huh. Like, it was right there. So I, I was all fucked up and I ran across the street uh, to my buddy. He was working at a restaurant and he was, he was looking at me like, what, you know, what's going on with your neck? It looked like you cut yourself shaving. And I was like, fuck. So I ran into the bathroom. I locked the door and I started cleaning up my cut with like soap and water and a towel. Like I was coherent enough. Thanks to the cocaine, I guess <laughs> <laughs> to fucking do this. And uh, I started cleaning it up and then all of a sudden it started to gush out. Oh. And that's when I realized I was a gusher, not a squirter. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, fuck. And it just started kind of pouring out. So I called my buddy and I was like, hey, I'm across the street. I'm bleeding out. And he's within three minutes. He just comes storming in. He's a bigger guy, bigger than me. What the fuck, man? He starts freaking out. He gives me his uh, hoodie. I wrap it you know, around my neck as like a tourniquet or whatever. Yeah. And we jump in his truck and we go to the hospital. And he was fucked up. I was fucked up. You know, and he's driving down the fucking freeway in San Diego doing fucking coke with the fucking music just blaring <laughs> dead, dead hand of God. He's like, you're not going to fucking die. And he's scooping lines, like driving with his knee and we're listening to fucking the house music. Oh, Swedish God. house mafia is like oh. blasting. And I'm just like sitting here and my the, the pressure and the blood is going into my left ear. So I cannot hear anything. All I hear is his bass. Mm. Oh my God. And I'm just like sitting here like I'm going to fucking die in this truck. 
I'm going to fucking die here. And he's like, we're going to be fine. And we get to the, we pull up to the hospital, handing out fucking, it was fucking closed as in no mas, as in dark. It was the hospital done. hospital was closed. The hospital was like, it was shut down. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's freaking out. He's like, let's find another one. End up at, at the right hospital. I mean, we pull in. It's like, just like a fucking movie. Flying in in his truck, slams the brakes on. We run inside and the place just was like, what the fuck? The ladies are like, yeah, they like hit like some like thing. And I end up in a, in a you know, like the, the ER room. It was just like something out of Code Black yeah. or ER. And there was like, literally, it felt like 20 people working on me to save my life. And I'm sitting there telling like dick jokes. Right. Because I'm so fucked up and I'm deflecting the reality. You can't feel it then. I couldn't. I feel like it's so painful. It was so but I, numb and everything and yeah. everything going on. And, and a lot of drugs. I mean, dude, I was fucking like blacking out by like two o'clock in the afternoon because we started drinking at like eight or nine jesus christ and i need i needed coke by that time yeah. we called a parachute you know to save your life so you don't black out okay oh, and i was stoned and shit so it was just like everything was all these things were happening at once i didn't eat much that day so it was like a lot of stuff was happening and and, and i was you know my body just was it was used to that type of behavior right but at the same time it's like that kind of shock you know it's not used to so we you know i was and, and just laying in there and then finally the the surgeons is like hey man uh you you lost a lot of blood we have to perform emergency surgery on you a uh, blood transfusion can you help us out a little bit because i was like i was being kind of a dick and like being funny but not right like deflecting this fact that i might die fun fact can't get a blood transfusion from a gay person oh didn't know that gay people aren't allowed to uh get or they they are now but they have to pass through a lot of hoops but like I back, th that. back then gay men gay men yeah. could not donate blood huh and i always thought that was odd like that if you like needed blood and yeah. like, maybe you have like as long as they're not gay like it's, it's like weird <laughs> but anyway yeah but they you know i knew my blood type and i just started it was like everything just just snapped like everything switched i should say in my head and i was like oh fuck like this is real so I started listing out everything. I was just like a computer, just uh -huh. spitting out shit. I was just like, I'm A positive. I've never heard this. I was like saying all this like random stuff. Like uh, my knees sometimes hurt. I'm not allergic to anything. I was like, when I was, it was nine years. I felt like Chunk in Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, when I was nine years old, I fell on a, you know, a Wait, Is he the one that's brick. like a big agent now? I think so. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's like a big agent. He represents like some people. Does he? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and then uh yeah then i laid on that table and i really prayed and cried and begged for my life and woke up and you woke up and you're like that's it i thought i was dead when i woke up i thought i was dead wow legit i was just like like this like what the fuck and there's like all these people and i'm mm -hmm. like is this death it's like am i dead and then i started uh feeling my fingers because i read back in the day that if you can feel things in your dream then you're then it's real you're not dreaming but if you can't feel things like physically feel, uh -huh. then you're dreaming. So you can tell yourself in a dream, like, oh, I can't feel anything physically. I'm not, you know, this is a dream. Uh -huh. So I'm like feeling my fingers. I was like, I'm alive. I'm awake. What's going on? And it was just like two surgeons, a nurse, and then detectives, of course. Detectives? Detectives, yeah. And then that was, you woke up, you're like, that's it. I'm, yeah. I'm I sat in that room for 12 or 14 hours alone. And went through absolute fucking torment on myself. How did I get here? Why did I get here? And I don't ever want to be here again. And I cried my eyes out. I, call, I had to call my parents and tell them I was okay. But 
in case anyone needs to know. And that was the probably the hardest call I've ever made in my life was to yeah. let my parents know I'm okay. Right. But it was so difficult for me to like accept the fact that I was that close. Yeah. And then when that surgeon came in and he looked at me and he and he walks in, he's checking up on me and he goes, a uh, quarter inch. He said, I was just like asking the questions and he's like, uh, it was a quarter inch from the carotid artery. That's as close as it gets to dying. Glad you're alive. And he patted me on the shoulder and he walked out and I fucking broke down bawling. And I was just like, holy shit. And it was like, I, I right there. I'm like, I have to make some changes in my life. I have to. Cause I was like, I don't ever want to go through that again. And then they rolled my ass out because they thought I didn't have insurance. <laughs> Thanks a lot, San Diego. Thanks a yeah. lot. Obamacare. Was yeah. that Obama back then? I don't know. Uh, Maybe. I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah was, but I had insurance. <laughs> I just didn't have my card oh, on that's me. Funny. Yeah. I was, I was sitting at home. Well, dude, fucking. Yeah. I, I wish I, w- I would have started off with that story, but you know, I go on tangents. It's all uh, good. Yeah. We're glad you're here, dude. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you, yeah, I mean, it's, it sucks that it takes an event like that to happen, but sometimes for people, that's the wake up call they need. You yeah. Know? But you did it and you're sober and yeah. I'm proud of you, man. Because I, mean, yeah, I know it's you. hard because I've never had anything like that, like addiction wise, but like I know from experience with my dad and stuff, like it's, yeah, it could be hard to that's, kick things. And my dad died it. because he couldn't fucking kick his habits. So it's like, yeah. I'm glad that you fucking recognized it. And yeah. Taking you. care of yourself and doing you know, the best I can. Fuck yeah, yeah man. Uh, where can people find you on social, man? Uh, you can find me at Trevor Kevelo, T-R-E-V as in Victor, O-R, Kevelo, K-E-V as in Victor, E-L-O-H, or at Corrupted Comedy, and that's Corrupted with a, with a K. K. I'll put it on the show notes so yeah. you guys, if you guys want to follow and go to shows that he's in or on or whatever. Um, you got anything coming up? Anything? Uh, we, I have a show Saturday, June 17th at Paragon Bar and Grill in Northridge. Uh-huh. That's Corrupted Comedy LA. Yep. And then Corrupted Comedy Texas. We have a show at Hanover's in Fleurgerville. That is Wednesday, June 21st. And then Corrupted Comedy Shyland is Sunday, June 25th at Comedy Vault in Batavia. Hell yeah. The Batavia. Batavia. Uh, and then if you're listening to this, uh, you will see me well this weekend uh, at JP's Comedy Club in Gilbert, Arizona. And then next week, I will be at the Brea Improv with my buddy Elizabeth Weikert. That's Wednesday, June 21st. Um, and then I'll be at Notoriety Theater in Vegas, uh, July 6th, 7th, and 8th. And that's all you guys need for right now. Uh, thank you for listening to the camera ads, 10 pounds. If you're listening on Apple, leave me a review, rate it, subscribe. Same thing on Spotify. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Peace. <laughs>